0: hundred and sixty two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie getting started is simple deposit three hundred dollars and play with two hundred dollars instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway, all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com.
1: This is where the DJ talks. Don't
0: say anything. Okay. Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, beauty. Go. oh hey, Welcome to our Charge, series. I was on point tonight. You wasn't were. I? That was beautiful. Well done. Well hitting, done. Hitting the high notes. So, right before I connected with Charge, I said, Stand by for news. And you said, i remember that that.
1: yes i do paul harvey was a he was a gift man i love the rest of the story the rest of the story stories were so good so good can i tell you my favorite rest of the story story
0: yes please i'm gonna give you a very very condensed uh, version first of all because i've trained myself to be a professional broadcaster I'm going to do a thorough reset here of who Paul Harvey was because we have younger listeners who have no fucking idea who we're talking about. So a quick reset. Paul Harvey, Google him. American radio icon syndicated across a billion stations back in the 1970s, into the 80s, maybe into the 90s. And he had a little, like, 15-minute broadcast that would run on AM news stations at noon every day. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And yes. it, would, it would include set like two breaks, three different little segments, about 15 minutes. And he would come on first, introduce, and then say, stand by for news. And then there'd be a break. Then he'd give the news stories in his own particular way. And then he would give, and now the rest of the story, which was his storytelling at the end of the 15-minute broadcast, in which he would pretty much leave you in suspense about some particular story, person, thing, event. That has a twist or an element to it that you may not have known. And he gave it via the, and now the rest of the story. Okay, Church, the floor is yours.
1: The one that I remember, and I don't know why this one stuck with me, but I've I've always remembered this. And as evidenced by the fact that we had no idea this conversation was coming, um, the story goes like this. It's nearing the end of World War II, and the three Allied powers, the leaders of the three Allied powers, Winston Churchill, Joseph Stalin, and uh, and Roosevelt, um, FDR, are going to have an in-person meeting, something that they had, that to, to this point, they had not done in the past, but they were going to risk it, and they were going to do it near where the war was happening. This was not happening in Washington. This is going to happen in Morocco, in Casablanca. Whoa. Really, really high risk move. Really high risk move. Because you know, Africa was a hot spot. You know, this, there was war happening in Europe, war happening in North Africa. There was a very bold move. Why and there was war all...
0: happening all over the world, Charge, from what I understand. Hence the name World, world War World War. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> But they were very close to it here. And yes. it was a, a high-risk move, and they were very worried that, you know, the Germans had spies every place. Their sure. intelligence was awesome. They are very worried that they would find out about this and that they would assassinate all three leaders at one time or do whatever it took to kill the three leaders. I mean, what a, an amazing, possibly war-turning event that would be. And the Germans cracked the code Whoa. and figured out, that they were meeting in Casablanca. And the Germans, and then, the, so the Germans know what's happening. They know the date, they know the location, they know who's gonna be there. They've got everything they need to potentially assassinate all three world leaders at one time. But the rest of the story, Zabe, is this. They they translated Casablanca. What is Casablanca in Spanish,
0: Zabe? White White House?
1: They thought the meeting was at the White House. <laughs>
0: Imagine if the Germans had somehow made it to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and, <laughs> and, and blew the fuck out of the White House.
1: <laughs> and Nobody's there. And nobody's there.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. That's it's, good it's, stuff. It's, it's,
1: it's a great story. Yeah. Paul Harvey,
0: yeah, I'm, absolute I'm, legend. I'm sure someone's going to say, Zabe, here's where all the Paul Harvey uh, broadcasts live online. I'm sure there's a website. that might be on YouTube. You can go back and and listen to him. That that is he's one of the uh, dozen or so guys and gals that had a mastercraft to this medium, to the spoken word mm-hmm. medium. And I don't know if it's being done nowadays by anybody.
1: Agreed. I just did a uh, I did a long segment on KFAN talking about the life of Hedy Lamar, and 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 I was an, an attractive channeling my...
0: model, right?
1: Uh, beyond attractive she was billed as the most beautiful woman in the world because she was zabe as subjective as beauty was (laughs) nobody even argued with the point that during her heyday she was the most beautiful woman in the world and her story is unfucking believable yeah if you are someday i will bore you with the story of of uh, with her story hedy lamar but uh, I was channeling. Well, as I was telling that, that the story, said, I was so trying what, to be Paul what, Harvey.
0: What decade was Hedy Lamar? I'm looking at her photos right 40s. now. 40s. Yeah, 1940s. She, was she had day. she had the unfortunate 1940s beauty um, look of the highly over manicured eyebrows. Yeah, for sure. But we just, do that now too. Yeah, but it was worse in the 40s and. The 1940s female butt cut part, as we called it as a kid, the part of the hair right in the middle, right parted in the middle.
1: But you can see she's the porcelain skin, oh, the yeah. hair. Yeah, she had blue eyes, which you can't always see in most of these pictures. She was, she was an amazing beauty. Who's who at one point? And well, okay, I'm not, I'm not even going to go down this road. It's, well, but we're, down, sto- we're
0: down the road. By the way. All-Star game, 3-2 American League right now as it goes on. The Midsummer Classic. I'm enjoying it tonight, even though we got to get to Rob Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, today with two of the most tone-deaf, you got to be fucking kidding me comments about the game of baseball and the All-Star game you've ever heard. We'll get to that in a second, and we'll talk fantasy. Now back to Hedy Lamar
1: Okay. Do you want Now, if we're going down this path, I need a good like four to five minutes to tell this story. You, you have the so runway. you got to opt in. You got to opt in or out right I, now. No, I'm in.
0: I'm in. You have the okay. runway, my friend. Go. All
1: right, but you and you can interrupt whenever you want if you want. You know, I'll not interrupt never check. Want. Okay. All right. Sounds fine. She's she's uh, 18 years old, 16 years old, and she's born in Vienna, and she's already so beautiful that she starts working the film studio after having. Uh, forged a permission note from her parents to get her to skip school and start working at the studio. And then she starts her acting career at 18. And at 18, she's in, what is it the time, the most scandalous movie that's ever hit Europe or anywhere. It's called ecstasy. She plays the neglected wife of an indifferent man and she, it has a brief nude scene. This is 1930. This is like 1935 at the time. Okay. <laughs> a nude scene
0: in black and white.
1: <laughs> yeah, and female sexual enjoyment,
0: Zane. Oh, which, yes, very, oh, very forbidden back then.
1: Very much forbidden. And speaking of forbidden, forbidden in America, the movie, also banned in Nazi Germany because she was Jewish. So she picks up through this movie. The movie's a huge hit, and it rampages through Europe, right? It's all provocative and everything, and it's it's a huge hit. She picks up a stalker, a guy named Frederick Mandel, And he eventually um, ends up wooing her and convinces her to marry. And she marries him even though he's an anti-Semite who works with Hitler and is providing arms
0: (laughs) to the Germans. Hey, you know, in love, you got to overlook some things. You do.
1: He whisks her away to a castle until forbids her from acting, and he starts buying up all the copies of the movie and burning them so nobody else can see his wife naked ever again. (laughs) And... She is forbidden from leaving the castle unless she's in his presence, and he's an arms dealer. And she would go on these business trips, and she starts learning a bunch about munitions and arms and stuff. And she ends up being very rote on it, and she'd end up wooing all of these scientists and different engineers and stuff about how much she had picked up on on out of out of the blue uh, it, about uh, munitions. But she ultimately decides she's totally unhappy. So she runs away, she dresses up as a maid, hides all her jewelry uh, on her, and she flees him and the country and goes to Paris and then she gets to London where she meets Louis Mayer. Louis Mayer is the second M in MGM. Oh,
0: Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer or Mayer. That's right,
1: Mayer. I, yeah. I don't Mayor M-A-Y-E-R?
0: Mayer. It's M A Y E R. I've heard it Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer but yeah. I think it is. Or no, maybe Um, it's Mayor. mayor. I think it's Mayor. Okay.
1: So he knows all about the movie because, right, he's in the movie business, so he knows all about this and he knows who she is, and he says, and he's totally smitten by her astounding beauty. Mm -hmm. She's so, she is, she is so beautiful that you like, you can't get anything done. So he offers her $125 a week and a trip to Hollywood to go under contract for MGM, and she says no. (laughs) Instead, Hedy Lamar books he finds out what steamliner he's on on a, his on on Mayor's trip back to New York. He goes on she books onto the same steamliner and over the course of the trip from London to New York, she woos him to the point that now when they by the time we get to New York, she's <laughs> negotiated $500 a week, 400% more than the original offer. <laughs> That's fantastic. He, it is. Now, he she, he builds her the world's most beautiful woman even before her first movie comes out, which would be a movie called Algiers, opposite leading man Charles Boyer. And the movie, when it comes out, everybody wants to see the world's most beautiful woman because they've been pumping it up. And it turns out that the movie's a huge hit. And reviewers, one reviewer wrote this. When Hedy Lamar's face first appeared on the screen, the audience gasped. Lamar's beauty literally took one's breath away. Yes, she turns into a huge star. Zabe Hetty Lamar, gigantic. She's the she's on par with Judy Garland, Lana Turner. She's op, she, her star. Her opposite stars are Clark Gable, Spencer Tracy, Jimmy Stewart. She is at the top, the zenith of her working career, and her contract eventually ends, and she refuses to re-up, and starts her own movie studio.
0: That's, and bet, that's betting on yourself. Or betting, on, betting your, on yourself. Or betting on your own face.
1: <laughs> yes. As a woman in 1940s Hollywood. And it ends up paying off. She ends up with, she ends up with the highest grossing movie of 1950. And one of her films, that wins two Academy Awards. And she ends up dating Howard Hughes during this time. Hughes she starts. She starts has an interest. Hughes is trying to make the fastest planes ever made. She, with no formal training in aeronautics or engineering, redesigns Hughes's planes, and with the, the help of Hughes's scientists and engineers, and actually makes them more aerodynamic and helps create the fastest planes ever made. Oh. But all of this is not why I'm telling you about Hetty Lamar. The amazing thing about Hetty Lamar, the world's most beautiful woman, Zabe. Oh, can
0: I guess? Yes terrible in bed dead fish <laughs> <laughs> most beautiful woman in the world but every man that ever got her every man that ever got her naked said yeah wasn't that uh, good eh.
1: can't say <laughs> don't know get this now i I've, I've hinted at this already she's disarmingly beautiful but also very smart it's world war ii the allies have a huge problem British and American boats traveling the Atlantic are getting devastated by German U-boats. People are dying, food, supplies, munitions, all being lost. Britain is on the brink of falling in early World War II. And it's all because the Americans have torpedoes, but the problem is you shoot off the torpedo and then the submarine, the German sub would move and you want to move the torpedo. You want to radio the torpedo, change direction, but the Germans would jam your uh, signal okay. telling it. Hedy Lamar." working with a Hollywood music composer, invented frequency hopping, the technology wow. that broke German radio jamming.
0: There's no way she could do all that, that beautiful and that smart and now, that tough and that pivotal to history.
1: Unbelievable, right? The, you know Here you are at the peak of your acting career. Whoever, who By the is, way, whoever, how, how did that, you
0: how did you hook into this Hedy Lamar deep dive?
1: Uh, it has come up a couple of times
0: on Reddit for various reasons. Is how I ended up learning about this. But, 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 but why did you do this on KFan tonight before talking to me? Because
1: the because the story is so freaking bonkers about her but, inventing frequency but there's, hopping. but
0: there's lots of bonkers stories. How did you pluck this one out of the hat? Or was it just, hey, we're literally at low tide of the entire sports calendar year. Correct. Let's learn something.
1: Yes. Okay. And I think it's a great well, story. God, it's no, a, it is a, a great story. In a Paul story. Harvey kind of way. Okay.
0: Now, you asked me I, to buy in for five minutes. We are approaching 11 minutes and change.
1: All right. But you need to hear the rest of the story. Well, okay. You watch the shot clock, you know. The frequency hopping technology is so, breakful, so breakthrough, so pivotal, Zabe, mm-hmm. that it is beeping and dinging right now in the background. Her <laughs> technology is used in Wi-Fi, broadband, Bluetooth, and GPS today. All started with the frequency hopping invention that she patented. Her wow. name is on the patent, patent, not the other composer. And here is the final kicker. Her name's on the patent. The U.S. Patent Office in the middle of the war says to itself, okay, what's more probable, that the world's most beautiful woman just created frequency hopping or that her husband, a a German who's supplying munitions to Hitler, that she's a spy? They decided it's more likely that she was a spy. They stripped her of her patent. That would have been estimated to have a net worth today
0: of $30 billion. Oh, my God. Hedy Lamar, And now you know. The, the rest, rest of, the of the story. That was the thing. Paul Harvey would sometimes wait so long between the now you know and rest of the story. You'd be like, did mom's radio in the car just go out? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it dead air? Good stuff, George. By the way, the... Uh, the The most beautiful woman allegedly in world history with, was Helen of Troy. Mm, Helen yes. of Troy, according to English playwright Christopher Marlowe, had a face that launched a thousand ships. Ships, yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> and uh, the, the current most beautiful woman in the world, according to science, okay, there's a science mm, to this. There is. Something called the golden ratio. The perfect face belongs to supermodel Bella Hadid. She has the uh, ninety four point three five percent accurate to phi, phi, which is the golden ratio of beauty, a measure of physical perfection. It's where your eye line sits on your skull, how hmm. close your eyes are together, where your nose and where your mouth is, and your chin and your cheekbones. Do you know who else is on the list? According Didn't to tell. the, they, they they ran this through a computer. They're like, well, who's got the most beautiful face? Beyonce comes in second, and then you've got the likes of uh, let's see here, who else was in the list? Uh, oh, this is funny. Next on on the list was apparently Amber Heard. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I swear to God. Oh, come on. Yes, Amber the, Heard, the, the the same woman we just saw
1: snorting coke in a jur in a in a in a courtroom.
0: It doesn't mean that they're not nasty pieces of work. It just means they've got the perfect face. So it's Bella Hadid one, Beyonce two, Amber Heard three, pop star Ariana Grande fourth, and I mm. believe Scarlett Johansson fifth. Now, everyone's got their own preferences yes. when it comes to beauty. I am a guy that likes a unique nose. And In what way? Like broken? No. Unique. For example, Sarah Bareilles. Probably the most. Sarah She's a musician. Come on. I thought, Church, you would know who she is. She's had a few hit songs. Brave is one of them. You remember that song, Brave? Uh, Yeah, I do. Every high school school glee club did a video of them singing Brave as a big group prancing through hallways. Okay? Sarah Bareilles, to me, is beautiful because she's a brown-eyed, brown-haired gal with talent sass and a nose that you wouldn't order if you were going to an la plastic surgeon but if she ever touches it if she ever touches it it will be the biggest tragedy ever (laughs) well
1: she can't now it's her signature look i'm looking at pictures of her i had never seen her before that's a what do you think it's this it's a well she's very attractive but it's a it's a sizable nose you have to be cool with a big nose. You got a big nose. Yeah.
0: That's just a fact. Right, but it's not like a disgusting honker. Uh, American League. Wait, th- no, hold on. Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, I've got this- to keep my license as a sports podcaster. I've got to include at least 4% sports by volume. American League 3, National League 2 as we go out to break here. Bottom of the fourth inning.
1: I'm not buying this Helena Troy BS. Here's why. <laughs> you get, if I were to show you just a typical photo From like 1890, 1890, right, like 120 years ago, when cameras were first being invented, how does everybody look? Do they look very
0: attractive? I mean, I don't know.
1: No, they're no, they all look terrible, terrible. They all, you know, it's hard work or whatever. But I think we, I think when you look at these old photos, by and large, everybody in these old photos look. They don't, they're not attractive people. Well,
0: okay. So you think attractiveness has improved over the years? Yes, absolutely. It well, has. But, but, but look at the industry that we've created. Look at the uh, cosmetics industry and the tricks of cosmetics. You know, people back in the day didn't have eyeshadow and blush and concealer and eyeliner and lash liner and all this other stuff.
1: Do you think that? Do you, I don't. I think just natural, even just nat, just natural I, beauty. I People are more attractive,
0: I, way more attractive now. I, you know, that's a great question. Is natural, naked, no cosmetic surgery, no makeup beauty, is it better now than it was? Say, how many years ago you want to go? How oh, many I'm years going back?
1: Going 1890s, But go hundred years, years back. Hundred years back. I think we've selective, selective breeding.
0: <sighs> You're probably right, and here would be my theory. Okay. It's that modern society started allowing for marriages and reproduction by choice and by personal preference, correct? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, marriage was to survive, to be able to live and eat. It was arranged, right? Harvest, yeah. So once you freed up society to begin its own selection of mates, the attractive almost always, unless you got a big dick, or a lot of money. <laughs> they selected other attractive people. So therefore you're probably right. Fucking church, you're a genius. I think you're right. I think
1: I you know I'm I'm scrolling through photos I just Google photos of the
0: 1890s. I I also um, think I also think marrying and fucking your cousins in 1890 was far less frowned probably, upon and that yeah. produced probably a lot more ugly ass <laughs> people inbreds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm confident that oh, is the case. Oh, shit. This has been the best podcast ever so far. Didn't even know we'd get onto this subject. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I got to get to some things here. Let me start on the All-Star game. People on Twitter tonight are hating on the uniforms. I actually kind of like them. Now, I don't sense that you're much of a uniform geek.
1: Well, I, a little bit like with these new Bengals uniforms, the
0: white uniforms. Dude, the I, I white. The, I, I holy shit. The white shell, now that the NFL has finally gotten rid of the stupid one shell rule, the albino yeah. tiger is fucking fire it it is holy shit i almost dropped to my knees when i saw it online i'm like oh the Bengals are wearing that this year fucking sweet
1: they're beautiful i love them they're badass and i like see i don't i don't love the uh i don't love the orange i like that in this case the orange is just it's a it's a highlight color and that's all it is and i think that's perfect as like sort of almost like the third color in that uniform white's the predominant color the black stripes, and there's a little but, orange worked into it. But Very this, is,
0: this is going to be an alternate, right? This is not a full. Correct. Okay, yes. but that's fine. That's fine. See, I believe every NFL team in a full 17-week season should have one alternate, one special jersey, and one throwback. So that's three weeks of something different. That's all.
1: Can we agree that when one team is doing one of them, the other one should do the same thing? I always thought it was very weird how you'd have the throwback uniforms. You know, the Packers are wearing, when back when they were blue, you know, wearing navy blue and whatever, and then the other team's in their regular uniform. Like, this is weird. They, right. should, ha- they should line that up.
0: The, the alternate should be within your suite of colors with your team, and it's just mm-hmm. a little twist, a little tweak on what you do the special uniform would be something that is a little bit further astray from what your normal look is and then a throwback should be as close as possible to something that was once actually worn agreed agreed
1: and i you know why and i i think everybody should do it in the same week in my opinion okay like this you know like this is the week the whole league is doing throwback weeks right. this is alternate week i that's how i would do it so but so tonight's
0: all-star game uniforms the National League is in white with gold lettering. Yeah. And I think it looks exquisite. The American League is in what somebody called sewer water gray.
1: No, that's not true.
0: <laughs> I think it's, I like it. I think it's like a dark battleship gray of sorts. Oh, I like battleship gray. Yeah. That's a
1: good way. To, that's, a good, that's a good way to describe it. And I like that it's simple. It's on gold, So it's it's gold on gray, rather. That to me, it's simple I like it it's not trying to do too much it's not trying to be something it's not I like that
0: exactly now that said everyone's tastes are different there is no golden fee or five for beauty of uniforms I did like the home run derby where the players wore their own uniforms and that's something that used to be a staple of all-star games well here comes commissioner douchebag Rob Manfred the most universally hated commissioner in all of sports who said I never thought that players wearing their own uniforms was a, quote, good look. What? He is getting killed over this because the real answer is, you know, those don't make us any more money. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's literally the only honest fucking answer, and yet he will not say that. That was only one of two whoppers that, Manfred said on uh, Tuesday. The other one was I reject the notion that minor leaguers in baseball aren't able to make a living wage. (laughs) They just want a huge class action settlement from baseball. They did. Yes. And, And most minor leaguers, especially at the lower levels, work another job because they can't afford to live. Rob Manfred makes 17.5 million a year and has the balls to say that. What a fucking turd this guy is.
1: Well, he is he's doing what he's supposed to do, which is be a mouthpiece for the owners. This is what people he is the ticket master of yes. uh, he's the yes, ticket he master of, of of sports. You know, his job is to take the heat off the owners so the owners can, you know, take horrible positions that are all bottom line stuff that are anti-fan. And it all gets directed at him. That's his job to take the heat. It's just like Ticketmaster's, Abe. Ticketmaster's fees go one-third to Ticketmaster, one-third to the artist, and one-third to the venue but nobody knows it goes to the venue or the artist. Everybody hates Ticketmaster. Right. That's what they're there for. This is what Manfred's job is, to be hated, so that the owners can take positions that are anti-fan and not take any heat for it.
0: When are we ever going to push back as fans? When are we ever going to turn the tide? When will we ever take a stand and go, you know what, no more? Well, <laughs>
1: right? apparently never, never. Because, you know... Apparently never, because we haven't
0: yet. Well, it's it's like this deal with the BMW subscriptions on the heated seats, which I had a couple people email me saying that we had read the story wrong, and it wasn't truly the way it was portrayed. I haven't dug any further into it, but I've not seen any widespread clarification on, no, 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 that's not the case. So I think we're basically on point by this. I, I don't know if I told you this last week when we talked my dad had a phrase for this called the tyranny of the masses. Did I no. tell you that? No. Yeah, he would he would rail all the time about you know, Stephen. It's the it's the damn tyranny of the masses. And I like what dad. And his his theory was, we're really at the whim of what the general public will accept, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's Individually, a, there's not. It's a tyranny of what the masses, the sheep, will put up with. And boy, did we see mm-hmm. that during the fucking pandemic. That's for sure. So I think that's also the case with sports and with concerts. People are, are, unless Ticketmaster got so hurt by the outrageous fees, that ticket, that attendance at concerts plummeted, and people collectively said, no, fuck that. I'm not paying that much to go see Motley Crue, by the <laughs> way, it was here yeah. in, <laughs> in Milwaukee the other day. Um, then they're going to keep on charging. It's
1: and it, because they can, and by the way, you know, in their model, nothing's changed. I mean, it's they're still incredibly, incredibly hard to get seats. You got to battle bots. You got to go through, you know, Helen back to get good seats. And e- even if you're willing to pay, when I went to my first concert, Van Halen in the Mets Center, uh, my ticket was fourteen dollars. Now, I'm a lot of it's just because I'm old. But now, if you want to go see today's version of Van Halen, whoever that might be. You know,
0: you're looking at a two, three hundred dollars seat. Easily. And and, and the fourteen dollars, I think inflation adjusted was far lower than today's two, three hundred, four hundred dollar ticket inflation yeah, adjusted. For sure. And yet no doubt. And yet the funny thing is a lot of these old acts are still out there knocking around. They are still out there. I know. And it's Rolling Stones. Yeah. It's so sad too. Some of the guys. I mean, it was sad to me that Phil Collins, Phil Co- Collins, Phil Collins played his last concert because he can't fucking move anymore because he's old and decrepit. And yeah. it's like, god damn, that sucks. And then I guess uh, one of the guys for uh, Motley Crue, the bassist, Mick Mars, Is he the bassist, he he could barely move as well, but he was still gunning it out at like you know seventy five years old.
1: I have a great Motley Crue recommendation for you. Okay. So the heart and soul of Miley crew was Nikki Six. He was the guy who wrote most of the music. He was also a heroin addict. The drummer. And
0: a, a bass oh, no. player, I believe. <clears throat> Who's their drummer? I'll look it up right now. Keep talking.
1: Um, it's uh so there was Tommy Lee, there was Vince Neal, there was Nikki, and then there was you mentioned Mick Mars, correct? correct. I thought and I, so
0: I'm Nikki I'm Six Nikki Sixx plays piano. Bass.
1: No, Nicky Six bass. Well, it's
0: okay. I'm telling you, Google bass. says piano, but okay. It's not right. All I'm right, telling you, fine?
1: they don't even have a piano. It's Motley Crue. There's no piano. <laughs> I
0: know. Well, this is
1: it's so stupid.
0: Okay, okay, well, there is now, a picture of Motley Crue with a piano on stage, but that was probably a special song. Okay, go ahead.
1: A few years ago, Nikki Six finds an old journal that he had written for one year during during the throes of his cocaine his heroin addiction was heroin his heroin addiction it's called and he and he published the journal later and so he published this thing and the funny thing is you get to read whatever he wrote for that day and the height of his heroin addiction and then at the bottom he would comment on it and then at the and and at the bottom of that entry then everybody who was a, affected by it would come in and comment and they'd be like oh you were such an asshole or oh i can't believe you remember it this way because it was nothing like that and over the course of this thing he dies twice in the course of this journal, where he's declared dead. We're going on TV, like, Nikki Six dead, heroin overdose. And then here he is later, like four days later, he's writing in the diary about how he's got to go get heroin again. So
0: wait, there was multiple news items declaring him dead when in fact he (laughs) wasn't. Correct. Fucking awesome right there. It's a, the, oh, it's a great read. The Heroin Diaries, Nikki Sixx. I hear he dated Hedy Lamar, but that's just rumor. <laughs> he wishes. Okay. He wishes. All right, let's cut to the chase finally, and that is... Fantasy football, dot com. If you're not playing guillotine leagues, in addition to as a uh, supplement or just make it your only fantasy if you want to make it your only fantasy, it's uh, charges creation. It's brilliant. It is all the thrills of survivor leagues com- or survivor pools combined with fantasy leagues. You just have to not be last every single week until the end of the season and you start acquiring other players as teams get lopped off, and there's a strategy of how long do you want to sort of lay in the weeds with your available money to pick up players. It's fucking brilliant. We play a league going on year number four now or three?
1: Well, you won it in the first year, and then – It's going on
0: year four. I won it. Mr. X won number two. Yeah. Josh, Josh, the millennial pabst-drinking Idiot, and I love him, my producer, <laughs> won year three and will not be in this year's league, much to his unhappiness, because this is throwing pearls before swine. He collected six, 16 glorious bottles of, of bourbon that he has no idea what he's drinking because he's he's too young. He's not a bourbon you know, drinker. It's You know what? I wasn't at that age either. How old is Josh? 31.
1: 31. He loves I, you Pabst. Know, yeah.
0: He loves, he loves Pabst. Pabst. And he loves fucking uh, seltzers. Oh, geez, <laughs> he's a millennial. Man. Now, oh, he's man. trying to get into bourbon, and he wants to is be he? part. Yeah, and he, he's okay. trying. But again, this is, he, we, he's out. That's fine. He's out. No, fine. So, that's fine. so here was my uh, thing, by the way. So we play for bottle of whiskey. And the fun is, instead of pay, playing for money, which is fine, money is money. But when you get sent to you an avalanche of whiskey bottles, if that's your thing, Which it is for us. It's (laughs) such a cool thing. It's such a cool thing. You you can't pot split a bunch of whiskey. It has to go to the winner and the winner only. Instead of money, which oftentimes gets pot split at the end of fantasy leagues, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So okay. So that said, had an idea. Could be brilliant. Probably is stupid. I'll let you be the judge. What about a thirty-two? team guillotine league for whiskey okay all right
1: what's your thinking so we we 32 now you're not doubling it from 18 to 36 what's your thinking well the one for thought, every nfl team is it because of the nfl teams? Yeah, yes 32?
0: yes although oh shit here's why it's dumb i didn't think about the elimination factor it's not a 32 week season so the natural size right. of any whiskey of guillotine league is Six, seventeen teams, right? Yep. Earths. Uh 18
1: eighteen eighteen, so that at the eight yeah, at the eighteen is is the 18. natural size. Okay. Yeah. Full league
0: eighteen. Okay. So all right, scrap that idea.
1: That's okay. Second, uh, I second. like it. I was worried I was worried that you were gonna say we changed the whiskey league to a heroin league. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad you didn't I'm glad you didn't take inspiration from Nikki Six.
0: It's uh it's not legal yet, but the way this fucking country is going, it will be soon. I digress. <laughs> So, I wanted to have an in-person draft because I'm a huge fan of that. I'm a huge oh, fan of I love it. camaraderie. But, man, all of our guys are all over the place. You're in Minnesota. I'm in both Virginia and Milwaukee. Our friend Fred Minnick, bourbon savant to the stars, author, podcaster, le- speechwriter, g- gives seminars. He lives in Louisville. Louisville. How are we ever going to get together for this? It's probably not possible.
1: I would drive to. I, I'm I'm driving to Milwaukee in in a week.
0: You would drive I'm, down. to Milwaukee I would Milwaukee drive to Milwaukee.
1: It. Yes, I would drive to Milwaukee for in it. In late Minic-
0: in late August, could you find time to come down, or you know, might have to be early August. But <sighs> yes, I, I, oh, in might August, have to be early August, okay. In,
1: in August, yes, I will drive for it. And if we can get Fred to drive for it, Fred's very important to this. I mean if, he, if he's willing to do what for him is a day drive, you know to
0: one full day,
1: that we should you know that might be our answer right there.
0: The date would be Saturday August 6th, ideally Friday is August. Friday, August 5th is family night at, at, at the Lambeau and we'll be broadcasting mm. from training camp the week of August 1st. But then I'd be back down in Milwaukee on Saturday, heading back to Virginia on the 6th. So just stick that in your hat right. and think about it.
1: All right. Okay. That's soon. But let's, uh, let's, see. let's <laughs> see what we can do. That is soon.
0: That's coming at us real quick right now, isn't it? Uh, that is. That All is. Right. So what but do I you love see- the Whiskey League. All right. So real quick, on the way out the door, what are you seeing in fantasy leagues right now as teams are starting? Some some leagues are starting to draft. It's early. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. People are drafting now. The, okay. the
0: hardcore it's game on right so now. So what are we seeing?
1: Um, we're seeing a... For, for one of the first times only a real diversity of, it's not all just running backs in the first round. I mean, people are starting to wise up to the fact that you can win with other players like I Cooper cup yeah. and Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson.
0: I can't believe there's still running backs going in the first round. That to oh, me is tons. crazy. Like, who? yeah.
1: Oh, well, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin cook. Austin Eckler, all guys. Fucking Those seven are almost all going in the
0: first round. McCaffrey ruined a lot of leagues last oh, year. Oh, God. A lot of teams. Harbinger of death in a guillotine <laughs> league.
1: That exactly. dude assassinated so many people.
0: <laughs> exactly. Where can people go to sort of just see which way the wind is blowing? Just to look, uh, to say, who's drafting who? Because there's a fascinating collective zeitgeist amongst fantasy players of, here's who the public thinks is going to be good this year
1: there are a number of sites that collect what we call average draft position and they pull like ESPN and Yahoo and all the big services and they see where all the players are going on average. And then they publish that. So you have some idea about where, you know, the guys you're interested in, am I taking, you know, if I want to wait on Joe Mixon, you know, can I afford to wait, you know, where's he typically going? So I know where I should be drafting guys that I want to draft and where, you know, if I want to get CD lamb, his average draft position is 17, so I need to, I need to move up You know, if I, I can wait or whatever. So that's, yeah, the average draft position is very helpful.
0: And, and I would say that that's something that's very important in fantasy because you need to know what the likelihood of your league and your fellow players are of drafting the guy you want in a certain position. You need to know what the consensus is. Not that that'll be the case with your guys, because there's always one wild card dude who's like, mm-hmm. you took him now? but you kind of want to know where guys are going. That's important. Everybody,
1: Everybody's so much smarter now, Zabe. Man, in the old days, you'd be like, all right, you yeah, know, I know this draft in Milwaukee is going to have a ton of Packers in it, and you know, everybody's <laughs> going to value Packers, but they don't work that way anymore. Everybody's smarter now, and everybody's drafting off the same intel, and it's, it's way
0: harder to get an edge than it used to be, Zabe. Yeah. Well, Charge, great podcast. I'll leave on this. As pretty as Hedy Lamar was and smart, there is one guy who is slowly, steadily getting sick of fucking her. That's, that's the essence of life. <laughs> Always
1: is. By the way, married six times.
0: Yeah, that's my point. They're like, she's yep. hot, she's smart. I'm making money with all her patents. But, God damn it, is this all there is? All right, Charge, <laughs> you're the man. Good to talk to you. Thank you, bud. Thank you, Zabe. All right, there you go. He's insane, eh? Yeah. yeah he's good. Hey. Okay, so good day. Our topic today is music. Good podcast. I enjoyed that. Hope you did as well. If you did enjoy this podcast, rate and review, leave a nice five star rating, tell a friend, and I appreciate you listening. Have a great day after the All Star Game. The day after the day after is Boo Ben Canop Day, and I've got Notorious J A Y to end the week. We'll see you then, folks.
1: Hey, Jose. Yeah, what? Yeah. Listen to this. It's coming. You know what it is? What? It's a drum solo. Okay, everyone. Like, this is me on the drums, Oh, eh? get out. It is not your it is soul. Stop I lying, learn, will you? Take off, eh?
0: hundred and sixty two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie getting started is simple deposit three hundred dollars and play with two hundred dollars instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com.